Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shunipu, and this is episode 225. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Stacy. That is at StacyPatton89. Stacy, how are you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Uh, I am doing well. I, um, I, I played a uh, men's rec league soccer game today, and we got our asses kicked. So that was great. Fantastic. Uh, it was not my fault. I was excellent, imperious, some might even say. No, I was terrible, just like everybody else on our team, which is why we got our ass kicked. So that was great. It was a very fun use of my, what is this, Tuesday hey. night? Yeah. And uh, once you, once the uh, once the tens digit turns to three in your age, anytime you don't get hurt is a win. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I, I know. Uh, all right. Well, before we get started, I do have to make an announcement. The Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland that I do every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland Mailbag that is hosted by Doug, a.k.a. Drew Steele, every other week. You also get access to Strickland Discord, where the conversation about the Knicks never quite stops. In fact, it really just never ends. There's also a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the Knicks. But most importantly, you also get access to wonderful premium articles from Jack Huntley, Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like live watch parties, listening in on pod recordings, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast Alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. So, without further ado, let's get started. Um, I think, look, this is your pod, I guess. You can lead the discourse. So, Stacy, tell me, what would you like to talk about? Um, well, there is a basketball team that's been playing some preseason games, some new additions. Um, one we talked about a lot. Um, so, um, yeah, I think the, I think the last time we talked was before the first, uh, is before the, uh, the Pistons game. Right. Um, I, um, so, uh, I'll, I'll, I kind of want to ask you, um, you know, what are kind of, what are the things that maybe stick out? Obviously the Knicks have played two not very good teams. Um, what has kind of stuck out to you out of the first couple of games? Uh, well, the Knicks are playing faster. That is for sure. Um, that's definitely stuck out to me. Um, I, I think that's definitely worth noting. It was worth noting last year, too. Didn't keep up, uh, obviously. But, um, you know, hopefully we'll... Uh, hopefully that, that's not the case now. Um, yeah, I, I think that's... Sorry, go ahead. No, I think that that's um, that's an interesting point because the first few games of last year, it had been talked about all off season. They got Kemba, who um, 
you know, had, you know, obviously this prime was certainly a, an electric transition player, uh, added Fournier for more offense. They wanted to play more pace and space. And we saw that, right? That Boston game, uh, until the fourth quarter, really, um, you know, and, and kind of some of those weird possessions, they were really good. And that, that's inclusive of Randall, right? Uh, I think their defense was poor, uh, because Mitch was out of shape and Kemba, we've talked about it a lot, a lot. Um, but, um, but I think, um, you know, they've showed the ability to do this. Tibbs has even showed the ability to ease up, right? Uh, the question is, you know, um, the first time when they get into a track meet, is he going to, to reach for, you know, the security blanket? Yeah, I mean, that's my concern. Uh, that, that stood out to me. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me is that I've been, like, really trying to avoid this stuff because I was super down on Tibbs and a lot of general stuff. So I'm trying to not be such a Debbie Downer, but uh, the lack of experimentation is still very notable to me. Um, he's still basically running the starters together and the bench together. And that's that. Like, I know people were like, Oh, it's so good that he started cam. I don't know. I, I it's not to me that it's bad that he started cam. It's that, um, like, I don't think it means anything. Like, I don't think he started Cam because he's, like, seriously considering starting him. I think he started Cam because he doesn't want to break up the bench group at all. And I know there will be people that think that's a very good thing or a reasonable thing, and I just don't. I think it's fucking stupid. Um, And I think it consistently leads to the fact that we are going to be viewed like, like there's no way around this. Like the reason, oh, like a player like Emmanuel quickly is viewed as strictly some kind of like bench god that can't compete against starting units is because of shit like this. Like, what? How many minutes have we seen in preseason of Emmanuel and Brunson? Yeah, like I, I don't know, maybe like one combined or something. I, I think it's just. I, I really he did don't play. Really... Didn't the, he played a three guard lineup, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, I, I didn't think it was interesting. I see. I, I didn't think it was interesting. But, but did he do that with Brunson, or was it just Rose Deucen? It was just Rose Deucen. He didn't do it with Brunson at all. I don't believe so. Yeah. If I'm wrong and somebody's listening to this podcast, let me know. I feel like um, both were used, but yeah. Sorry, go ahead. It, it definitely is. He, he needs to play Brunson quickly more. That's I agree with you, home percent there. I I just. I don't understand the like. If you're not going to try it out now in preseason, you're just not going to try it out, and that concerns me because that means that we're talking about Emmanuel quickly in his third year being limited to basically uh, even more probably even more than he has been previously strictly a bench role. Because if you're not willing to try them together in fucking preseason, when the fuck are you going to try them together? And let me tell you something. This is not like an Alfred Payton, Derrick Rose. Like, there is no Alfred Payton here. There is no Kemba Walker. There is no... Jalen Brunson is going to close games. And he should close games because he's a good fucking player. Okay? He should. This is not a criticism of Jalen Brunson at all. The point being is that, like, in the past, we've gotten around this. Because it's like, oh, well, quickly close his games because he trusts him, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, maybe he loves quickly. Maybe he trusts him. I don't give a shit. But the point is, like... If you're not trying this stuff in preseason, why would I think that Tom Thibodeau is going to try in the regular season? What about his entire past as a coach would lead me to believe 
that he would do this in the regular season. I don't know. Um, I don't, I really, I'm not trying to be like super negative about this because there are good things he's done. Um, but like fundamentally to me, the fact that he's not willing to experiment with this and, and this is with, by the way, this is with Grimes out so far and Fournier missing a game, right? Cause they, I think he just, it was a rest day for him. So whatever. Um, I don't think it's a big deal, but it's like, if you're not going to try it in that instance, then what the fuck, man? Like, he's made it abundantly clear through two years of him as Quickly's coach that it doesn't matter to him what Quickly does. He is a bench player to him. That's it. He's determined his ceiling. He's determined his perfect role. And that is that. The man fucking started deuce over him last year when Kemba and Rose were both out. The only time he started, he started Quickly at point guard, I believe, two or three times last year. That was literally when all the other guards were out. That's only that I'm almost positive that's the only reason he started the last game of the last the last game of last season. So that is a concerning thing to me. It's also concerning to me because that ties into Obi Toppin. Like, if you are not going to experiment with these guys in preseason, when the fuck are you ever going to do it? Like, maybe another coach, like a Spolstra or something like that. I wouldn't read too much into it because they don't view preseason as like like the end point of preparation for the season or experimentation, but he does. Like that Tom Thibodeau, we know Tom Thibodeau. You know, he's got very defined strengths and weaknesses. And I think that's a really big concern. And the other big concern to me is, again, we saw this with, Gr- with Grimes. Like I thought Deuce played awesome, by the way. I thought he played really, really well in the first two games. I know the first game he didn't shoot well, but they shot well in the second game. And throughout, I thought he's just been really solid. Like, I think he... Like, I would love to see him and Quickly play more together. We're not going to see that. We're not. Because Derrick Rose is ramping up. And this is not to say, like, it's wrong for Derrick Rose to be part of the rotation. He's here, and I get it. Um, I'm just very skeptical of, one that performance will dictate minutes in all of this. And two, that let's just say Rose... Look, I I just want to make this very clear. I don't care what Derrick Rose does in preseason because he's very clearly not trying right now. Like, he's just very clearly saving himself. Um, So I'm not worried about that. But, like, let's say Rose does struggle to start the year. Do you really think that, like, Tom Thibodeau would ever be like, oh, let's give Deuce a shot? No, he wouldn't. He would not. And if you think that, you're fucking, you're delusional. Like, you don't know anything. You're just ignoring the entire, the entirety of his career. Tom Thibodeau is a coach. That's not how he rolls. Just not, you know? That's why when he did take guys out of the rotation last year, it was such a big deal. Like, the first year, he took Austin Rivers out of the rotation. It was this massive fucking deal. And in my head, I'm just like, well, Austin Rivers has been terrible. So, like, yeah, that just makes sense. And last year, Kemba was terrible, and it was a big deal. It was like, why? Um, I just – look, I'm still – my the same concerns I've had all offseason with regard to Tibbs are still there, okay? I will believe when I see it. I will believe that we're going to stick with playing fast – when I see it in game 
31. I will believe that performance is the only thing that dictates minutes and rotations when I see it. I will believe that he's going to play different combinations of players and lineups together when I see it. Until then, I don't care, man, because I, I don't care about this shit. This, this to me, this is why I have, like, I've not really tweeted much about preseason. I don't care about it because I don't think it – we're going to – when game one starts, we'll see what matters. We'll see what matters. And that's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you – it, it is discouraging that this is like this is when you can just throw a bunch of shit at the wall, right? Um, if that if you don't have much of a sample on Randall and Obi together, um, you know, now is the time where it, there's no consequences to trying that, right? Uh, so to your point, you know, uh, this is the time to kind of test your theories, and he's not doing that. Um, but like where I think I think that he is, you know. Um, the first year, I think there, I had very few issues with kind of the lack of experimentation. Um, I obviously, there was one big lineup besides really the Alfred Payton thing. I didn't really hate, um, what he did because I thought I got it right. Like, I think Reggie Bullock, I mean, I could have nitpicked him and be like, well, Alec Burks might be a better fit uh, than Reggie uh, Bullock in the starting lineup. Right. Um, gives you a little more shock creation, uh, particularly some of the games where they really got bogged down. But, um, you know, it, 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 he established an identity. Last year got more annoying because you brought back a lot of these guys. Um, the identity isn't working as well. And now that they've played together, you, can, you should start to branch out, right? In year three, it's, it's just, you can't just keep doing the same thing every year, right? Like, you have established identity and chemistry. Now what? Can, can, we, can, we, can we add wrinkles? Like, that's what you see with all of these coaches. Um, I do think they have had a couple of new guys in the lineup. So he probably wants to build some chemistry there. I would imagine he wants to build chemistry between Brunson and Randall in particular, as well as RJ. Um, so I, right, can we just talk about this? Do you think Randall has actually played well? Um, sure. Well is not a... I mean... A, I, I think there's people that are like, he's kicking ass, but I don't think he's played ba- badly. I mean, I do think he should dominate teams like Indiana and Detroit, but I think he's been fine. I think the effort on defense has been good. Um, stylistically, he's not where I'd like him to be, but there's been flashes um, where he's shown that. So I think I'm like, so we were talking about this on the Strickland Discord. I'm not as optimistic as like Dallas was in, in the Discord or like a lot of people are on Twitter. But, like, I, I don't think... I wasn't discouraged by Randall, certainly any more than I was last year. And, like, probably incrementally I would, you know, revise my expectations a little bit upward. Not so much in terms of, like, he's going to revert to 2020, but, like, he'll be able to fit in with the starting lineup and, and not fuck things up. And that is fair. And there, there. I mean, th- th- to be clear, there have been possessions, right, where he's either screwed up the spacing by bringing a defender to Brunson when Brunson has a lane. Uh, by the way, I think when Randall does have his bad episodes, 
if RJ has taken another step and he's now doing that with, I think Benji tweeted this, right? Like um, Benji or Dallas, someone was tweeting this, right? Like Bronson is by far the best scorer on this team. He is a really good scorer. So it was somewhat excusable or like we understand when it's like, okay, well, what's the alternative? Alec Burks doing a pull-up? No, like that's why Randall's doing the shit. It's going to be a lot more annoying this year. Um, and he has, to be clear, it's not like that's been absent from its game at all. Um, it was extremely, does- it was extremely, the last game, it was extremely evident. As soon as we went up 15 or 20, whatever the fuck we were up on in Indiana at the end of the second quarter, it was back to the same bullshit. Same exact shit. Randall brings the ball up, takes some bullshit ass pull up jumper. He did it like, yeah, he made some bullshit. I, I know he made some shots. He made some shots in the third quarter. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I, I do think some of he when it, wait, if he has a guard on him, if he has Jaden Ivy on him, if he has Jaden Ivy on him, I don't mind him isoing. Right, and he, that, a few of those wear those kind of situations. Like post, he's up. not a good ISO player. If he po- if he has Jaden Ivy and he's got the ball at ten feet, you don't think like, I don't care. No, I don't care. Like I I want to. If you're trying to tell me I'm supposed to buy into oh this new Julius Randle who is all of these wonderful fucking things and he's gonna shoot fucking rainbows out of his asshole like okay then you have to do it consistently you can't just be like, oh as soon as i have some mismatch i'm gonna go hunt it on the block like no get the fuck out of my face with that and it wasn't 10 feet that's my problem if it was 10 feet i'd be like yeah go for it the guy's fucking demanding the ball on the block on the, like the elbow or like 20 feet out on the wing it's bullshit like i'm sorry people have got we are paying this man to be one of the top three players in this team, okay? That is the standard you should be judged on. Not some, oh, he ran up the floor hard. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Who cares? That's the fucking bare minimum we should expect for anybody on this team. Did you play harder anybody. than Julius in your soccer game? Yeah, 100% I did. Because <laughs> I didn't yell at my teammates. I didn't bitch at them. I, 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 I sucked. I played bad. But I didn't bitch at them. I didn't cry at them. I'd have a temp- temper tantrum. I know. Like, I'm sorry. The, the standard for this guy is such dog shit right now from, half, from so many people. Oh, he's running hard. He's smiling. He's happy. Oh, great. I'm so happy for him. Wow, he's smiling and happy. Why do I give a fuck? fuck I <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I'm supposed to be happy for him because he's smiling and happy and he's running up the floor? Get the fuck out of my face with that. That's the bare minimum. These are the bare these are the a smile can change the world, Schwinn. Yeah, it could. Not from him. Like <laughs> these are just these are just such like ridiculous, absurd. I, I do think standards oh, for him. I think some of the praise is over the top. Um, you know, it's it's not just over the top. It's a joke. It is a joke. We, I, if you want to just tell me, Randall's been fine for the first two games. I'm yeah, cool that's my that. take. That's that's fine. But anybody that's like like highlighting good, get the. You're highlighting good fucking plays? No, no. We're not highlighting good plays of Julius Randle, who gets paid $23 million on this fucking team. No, we're not highlighting that shit. Yeah, but I, I think part of it that's encouraging is that, like, he can... Uh, he shot 4 for 11 one game, but he can be... Like, he... I think you can at least see that he can slide in as the, the third option. Um, does he accentuate Brunson's game a whole lot? No. One of the most infuriating things I have seen, more than, like, him taking some ISO possessions is actually he has the most annoying habit of 
catch and shoot wide open or catch at the three point line wide open, pump fake, let the defender close out, uh, like ruin the advantage, and um, and then you know do some even if he takes the three afterwards, like just shoot it when you're open, right? It's not even a, this isn't even about being selfish. It's just decision making, um, and that's another thing that's going to be way more annoying when he's playing with Brunson because Brunson gets him so many opportunities like that. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I don't think I think if you were worried that what, he's going to just is, submarine the team, I don't think. And like, I guess that that's a low standard, but I do think that's something is, you, had, the, you had mentioned as is, a worry, right? So it is the lowest standard. Oh, he's not going to. Let me tell you something. What I've seen through two games, just what I've seen through two games, nothing has made me change my mind that we would be better off with Ob starting with with. Well, especially after Obi's second game. I mean, he was... Uh, it doesn't matter incredible. to me what game it is. He just is not... He, yes, if he misses threes, it sucks. Okay, that's terrible. You want to know who else has been missing threes? Julius Randle. It's not exactly shot a great fucking percentage from three, I don't think. Um, not even the point. The point is, like, Obi fits better. He just fits better with Brunson and RJ. And until Julius can prove that not only can he fit better, but that he can thrive playing next to those guys, that's a problem. And this is, I want to go back to my first point, or not my second point, sorry, my second point, which is Tibbs' lack of experimentation. How many minutes have we seen of Obi with Brunson and RJ? Um, that's a good question. Barely any. Barely any. That's fucking stupid. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. Brunson and Obi have gotten some minutes together. But yeah, not How many minutes? I can't tell you off the top of my head, but at least a few of those. Can you even remember, like, some great play they had together? Definitely a couple of alley oops. Brunson to Obi. On the dunk fest against Indiana? I'm pretty sure a couple of those are feeds from. No. No. I promise you. I mean, most of them were, like, just crazy quickly uh, outlets, but yeah. It's, It's. We're not like. What are we doing here? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't not go back to this. This was the entire thing we talked about all summer, and I have at least revised my opinion. It seemed to be like, even if they do the shit that drives me nuts, I think I agree with you that I am now of the opinion that Randall will not submarine the team, and at the bare minimum, they'll be like around 500. Okay. Whether they finish above, slightly below, at five hundred, yeah, two whatever. or four game window around it, whatever. Yeah. They're they're in that range, so that that's fine. I'm fine with that. What I'm not fine with is just accepting the status quo. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? We're not going to even. We're not going to even in preseason. We are not going to try this. Maybe we'll try it this game because I saw that Obi was wearing the blues and maybe Randall's going to get arrested. I have no idea. Okay, but the point is, do you let me ask you, like, let's say let's say Randall sits the next two preseason games and Obi is like lights out, you know, just Oh, it won't make a difference. I mean maybe it gets him to twenty minutes a game. I think that's I do think that's a legitimate possibility, but Right, and that's that is my point though. So like I'm trying like I I have not talked much about preseason with the Knicks or any team, because in general I think preseason is just Whatever. Like, all you want to see in preseason is your team not be, like, gigantic dog shit. And the Knicks have not been gigantic dog shit. They've actually been pretty fun to watch. But, like, 
I the, the things that worry me are again like are we exploring opportunities for upside in this team? And I still see the same exact uncreative, unimaginative bullshit. Like, and it's only going to get more exacerbated as Derek Rose ramps up. And when Evan Fournier is healthy. And hell, even when Grimes is healthy. Because I, pr- we're not going to see Grimes. We're not going to see these mixing and matching lines. Like, we are in year three of having Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Top, and RJ Barrett on the team. How many minutes? How many minutes do you think these guys play together? Total. In two years. So they've like so this is the third year that Obi and IQ are in the team with RJ. They've played two years together, right? Uh three, right? No, this is the third yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Um yeah, nine hundred minutes total over two years, that's my guess. I'm gonna look it up right now, but I would guess it is far, far less than that. I'm also curious far, about far the two way splits because with Ob- Obi just doesn't get that many periods, uh, periods, uh, minutes. Period. Um, <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't get too many periods. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, <laughs> to each their own. Um, but um, you know, uh, even RJ and quickly, it would be interesting to see, right? So, yeah, I just I don't know. I, I just. So quickly and quickly and RJ together over two years have had twelve hundred sixty eight minutes together. Uh, obviously, yeah, there's no plus way five. with yeah with Obi, it's probably at least about half that if if that. Uh, yeah, so the three of them have been on the floor together for four hundred and two minutes over two seasons, um, with a plus five minutes. net rating. Four hundred two minutes, yeah. That's yeah, so not including gar- why... that includes garbage time, whatever that was. So. Yeah, it's just it's not going to change. It's just not, yeah. Like, I mean, I we've seen enough of it now in preseason that I just don't buy that anything is ever going to change. It's just not. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's what a lot of the people who are kind of defending all of like. Here's the thing, right? It it may be it may be the case that Fournier is a better player than Quinn Grimes. I really have difficult time believing that the difference in shooting is that much that it outweighs the difference in defense. I don't. I understand the sample wasn't that high last year, but given what you've seen from Grimes, the form, the shooting track record from college, I don't really get people saying, "Well, maybe he's not really that good of a shooter." Uh, and the difference on defense, although I will say, Fournier has been better on defense in the in the preseason. Looks a little bit more athletic, um, but if, if it's close, what, where, where, like, what is the upside, right now? If you say, "Well," I have talked to people who are like, well, there could be injuries. Maybe we get into the sixth seed. And then what if this is the team, right? That's the frustrating part. And it's not like you're developing guys and putting your in position, self in position to trade for a star. I think, like, where are we going from here? That is the frustrating part about this. As far as, like, maximizing this team for this season, um, I, do think, I do think you want to be able to... Em- experiment with speedball lineups with Brunson quickly. That could have a massive upside, especially if we're playing teams like Cleveland or, or Atlanta, right? Um, well, maybe not Atlanta, because uh, you know, they have some American post up. But, um, you know, I do think that for this season, there's probably a few games you might be potentially leaving on the table. But I'll, I'll buy, like, and, and I, I will say in Randall's defense, um, 
what I have seen is like the effort on defense is good. To your point, there's a much longer track record and prior to believe that that won't last. But if he really isn't going to be tasked with as much on offense, and if Tibbs plays him maybe 29, 30 minutes, leaving aside whatever standards we should hold him to to be happy, I do think like he could actually impact that lineup pretty well on defense. So would uh, Quinn Grimes. But if we're insisting on starting Fournier and Brunson together, I could see Randall being a plus in that lineup. Um, but I think, yeah, the frustration, and we have to let it go because now it's regular season. But the frustration is where are we going, right? Um, at the end of this, forget OB and IQ's contact, contract situations, which I think are starting to become, if not an elephant in the room, a baby elephant in the room or something. Um, because, you know, it, 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 it's, it's coming, right? And the decisions we have to make not having that info. But forget, like, the, the team building part of it. Just where are we going? Like, if, if our assets are depreciating because they're getting closer to contract finish, and if we know that those protected picks we have, you know, maybe that some of them will get more valuable as they become more likely to convey. But it's unlikely we're going to add a star. And, um, you know, where are we going? Well, one way to find out where, you know, some untapped upside would be to try those things, right? And that is that is pretty frustrating. But I do want to talk on a little bit of a higher, a happier note. <laughs> there is a there is something that could be different about this year than last, and that is the fact that the Knicks um, actually have a quality offensive center uh, in Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, Hartenstein, and um, I actually think the ke- like the chemistry, particularly between him and Quickly in the pick and roll, seems off. I think that like Quickly is not used to someone who is going to to slip a screen at the at the you know three point line. Uh, because for Mitch, uh, Mitch slips a lot of them, but he's usually trying to dunk. Whereas I think Hartenstein, he wants to slip it, but then catch the ball at the free throw line and quickly just hasn't played with players like that. I think they'll get there, but um, these guys are not used to playing with a center who is that versatile. Um, but I did want to ask you, what are your thoughts on Hartenstein? I know you were pretty high on the signing, uh, especially as someone who's been pretty critical of, of Mitch's offensive limitations. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted this after the second game. He had a terrible second game. Um, I don't really care. I think that it's very obvious, like you just mentioned. They don't have great chemistry. Like It's actually really funny. What I thought was really funny about the second game was um, in both halves, as soon as Hartenstein sat and Sims came in, they just went off. Yeah. Went off. And, and, and this is not to say Sims didn't play well and contributed to that, but it was that like you could tell immediately they were back in their wheelhouse of like okay we know exactly what this guy is going to do and there's no like you're not figuring anything out and so I think with Hardenstein like they've got to figure some stuff out Hardenstein might need to chill out with some of these threes too like I know he made his first couple the first game but last game he took a couple out I'm just like I don't know man like I know that like you can shoot the three. I'm not sure you should be pulling it that fast, but that's its own. Again, preseason, I'm fine to just let guys let it rip sometimes. That, that's yeah, I mean, it'll probably be one or two a game, right? It's not yeah. going to be much more than that. Yeah. Not a big deal. But you could just tell, like, they don't know how to use his skill set yet. Like, how many times did we see him get a touch in the high post where he can, like, feed cutters from? You know, like, how many times? Like, there, we just haven't seen us use the full breadth of his skill set yet. And 
that's and that's actually something you know I don't that think is a that, side there right you know especially yeah boy, yeah and, and I just want to be clear like because I just ripped Tibbs apart like I don't actually think that's about Tibbs like I think it's always funny like it's always easy to just be like well Tibbs has to like use everybody to their maximum output like no like sometimes you need your players to just kind of like figure it out like understand how to play off of each other and I think that's what this is like we know quickly like. I, I said this after the first game, the first preseason game. I stand by it now. Like, I'm not going to praise stuff that Quickly and Obi have done in, in preseason because to me, the they're standard. yeah, they're good players. That, that's the standard. Like, you're good players. Be good. Great. Fantastic. Like, we're over the fucking, you know, oh, like every time they do something good, we can have like a 15 tweet thread about like. I would say Obi's second game was like it was more than just a good game. Like quickly has been what you'd expect, but Obi has been like his second game he's ten for fourteen. Yeah, he was awesome. But like I'm also like I know that when he hits threes he's gonna have ten or fourteen games. Like that's not actually surprising to me. And that's that maybe if anything, maybe that should make me be like maybe I'm even underrating Obi. Like if I think that like that's not an abnormal game, maybe I am underrating him. But the point is, like, I'm not. I, I'm just like not going to praise these guys for preseason shit, uh, or especially just, like, against two of the yeah, worst teams in the NBA. Right? They so. they should. Those are absolutely the teams that you should cook. Um, but like, my point is more just that like, I just watched like Tibbs, even Tibbs, who again I've been very critical of. It's preseason. He's let he's you know, quickly and Obi. They spent the offseasons working on whatever the hell they worked on. They want to show it off. This is as good a time as any. They're trying to show off. Players try to show off in preseason, right? Oh, I worked on these fucking three things. I want to make sure everybody knows I did it. That, like, so you're balancing that between trying to get... Mitch even had a post move. He got called for three seconds. (laughs) And I think that was a bad three-second call, by the way. Um, it's the best like, kind of like his seals are like he's been doing he's been trying to seal defenders so and it's probably it not was, a thing in the regular season but yeah. yeah it was a really good thing um, but like I just I'm, I'm not that worried about it because I'm like I trust that a guy like quickly can figure out how to play with Hardenstein I am almost I would be shocked I'd be absolutely shocked if Obi Toppin amazing god mode cutter cannot figure out how to play with Hardenstein I would be shocked Derek Rose is like all these guys will know how to play off Hardenstein, and he will benefit them, and they will benefit from him, and it will be fine. But it's going to take a little bit of time. It would not surprise me if the bench got off to a slower start than we think. It would not surprise me at all. Um, but when they click, when they figure it out with Hardenstein, I think they'll be really, really awesome. If there is a concern with how he fits in. Uh, I don't know. I would have to look into this. I don't know what units he played with a lot in the Clippers. If he played in lineups where they didn't have much on-ball creation, uh, that might be a bit of a teething issue uh, because the Knicks, I mean, it's actually hilarious. You could argue the Knicks bench has like as much on-ball creation as the starters at times. Um, but like with Quickly and Rose, right, like you don't, it's it's a little bit trickier because if you're going to if you're gonna put if you're gonna rock around it's pretty tricky. Yeah, it's it's just like if you're gonna put Hardenstein in a position where you're using him as an offensive hub for sets, that means you're taking it out of their hands 
and I like that for quickly though because I I could actually there's so many cool you can do like you can even do inverted five one pick and rolls like that would be interesting like with quickly as a screener because he is such a good screener right um just for what you're talking about with playing with the non ball creator um he played four hundred minutes with Reggie Jackson last year Hardenstein did um so not a large sample they did have a rating of plus fourteen point sixty four um great on both ends so. Yeah, I mean, and actually, I, I, and I Reggie watched. Jackson is more similar to Rose, right, in terms of play style than quickly, but yeah, it's it's also just like I watched. Um, why did I just completely blank on what I was going to say? Oh yeah, I watched Quickly's Kentucky highlights like a week ago. A week ago, he could just like we haven't had a big guy that he can utilize off of. And to go back to Tibbs, like Tibbs just doesn't, he really does not have the creativity to like utilize off ball actions in a way that would maximize what quickly can do in that capacity. Also. Um, now I'm sure there'll be people who listen to this and like, well, aren't you like, haven't you advocated for quickly to get on ball reps? I do. And I still do. I just think there's a way to balance the stuff that's better. Like if you watch the Warriors, I'm not saying the Knicks need to be the Warriors. The Warriors find ways to give guys on ball reps and off ball reps. Like it is possible to do that. Um, anyway, the point is like, I just, I think you're absolutely right. I think quickly, especially can be weaponized in that capacity. Um, and it's just about them figuring it out. And again, it's, like that is where I put it more on them as players to an extent, yeah. Um, versus Tibbs, like maybe Tibbs's creativity isn't that great, but right now they're at the point where their chemistry is just like non-existent. So it's not even at the point where we can bitch about like, oh, like Tibbs isn't like using them well enough together. I'm I'm still at the point where I'm like, can you guys, you guys, good, get figure it out soon? Um, like they've had some like decent moments, you know. There's I think quickly drove in, dropped it off for Hartenstein once to top the key for an open three in their first game together. Um, so there's been like flashes, you know, you can see it, you see the vision, but we just haven't seen. And there's so many, there's so many, especially with a point guard and a, and a big man, right? There's so many little intricacies in terms of timing the screens in terms of, you know, kind of getting a feel for like, you know, when the, when the help defender reacts this way, this is when he's going to slip. This is when he's going to pop. Uh, and then for the screener as well, right? Getting the timing down again in terms of when quickly might has and quickly himself likes to hesitate and everyone has their own rhythm in terms of how they're going to set the defender up and all of that. So, um, and, and I think that you, you see that, um, even with Brunson, right? I think that, uh, you know, the passes that he's able to throw off the, off the drives, you still have some, some offensive players probably, and this is maybe a reason to, um, Cut Randall some slack there too, because you know I, I, what the what I was critical of him was you know there's been times where he's like run into to Brunson's space or you know hesitated on catching the three, you know that that might improve as well as he gets more minutes with them, um and and likewise with Brunson and RJ so uh, a lot of this stuff is just um, they just need reps and um, and yeah I mean to, to you can understand at that point why Tibbs might want to to have some lineup continuity. Uh, I do think there's a better balance we can strike. 
Um, but um, I think we've talked um, quite a bit about preseason. Oh, I, I'll add, I thought Jericho Sims was pretty impressive. Um, I, uh, um, you know, in terms of summer league guys, Deuce McBride, six steals in preseason. Again, in preseason, there's more sloppiness. But uh, you could really, I mean, he looks like a free safety, really, um, hopping in, in, in passing lanes and, and turning it into to quick points. Um, I think it was very interesting. Like he looks confident shooting the jumper, both off the catch and off the dribble. And he looked like a plus guy. And then when Tibbs finally let him play point, you saw the reasons why he's probably not ready for that kind of a role yet. Uh, because without quickly or Rose in the game, uh, you know, he struggled to create separation, uh, struggles to really get two feet in the paint. Um, but I think even without that, like, you know, we, we've talked a lot about roster consolidation, but kind of the flip side is, Deuce looked pretty like he could already plug and play as a three and D guard, right? Reliable shooter, obviously can make some plays on defense, guard two positions, um, moves pretty well, plays well off ball. Um, like he can be a plus as a rotation player. And I would say Sims, if that's your third center. So, I mean, the, the kind of our 11th, 12th, and 13th guys, as it stands, you would think, are some order of McBride, Cam Reddish, and um, Hardenstein. I would imagine Cam Reddish is the 11th one. Like if those are your 11th to 13th guys, like there is some benefit to that, right? Now, obviously, we want consolidation, but um, that stuck out. Like this really is a very deep team. <coughs> yeah, I think this team is crazy deep. Um, I would, I would venture to guess it's it might be the deepest team in the NBA without. A quote, quote star, um, all star, whatever, however you want to phrase it, uh, and I think that's like a very that's a fair. I don't want to see even as a criticism. It's a fair reality that people point out of the of the roster of the team. Um, I'm okay with that. Again, I just think that, um, like, it just takes one guy though. Like that's the thing. Like. If Brunson pops, if RJ pops, now all of a sudden, like, not only are you going to get the pop from them, but it elevates the rest of these guys because the impact they have as role players is heightened. Uh, because you're not depending on them on them every night necessarily to buoy your offense or defense or whatever, but they are the kind of, like, amplifiers of what your star is giving you. And, like, that's what the Knicks haven't didn't have last year. Uh, they did have it the year before. And, like, fundamentally, that's a very big... That was the biggest difference, probably. Because, like, yes, we can sit here and talk about Tibbs doesn't maximize a starting lineup and this lineup and that lineup and whatever. But, like, if Randall was still... Like, if he was playing at the at the level he was playing at 2020 and 2021, all of that shit would have probably... But that's that's not coming back, right? No, it's not coming back. But my point is, like, it's more that like we kind of have an idea of like what a lot of this roster can do when there is a guy playing at that level. And maybe we're not going to have, you know, Brunson or RJ or Julius playing at that level. But if like two of those guys or three of those guys, I'm very skeptical of the Randall part of it. But let's say like two or three of those guys just play at like, I think Brunson, we saw it last year when Luca was out, he played at a super high clip. Uh, I mean, he, like if he does that, and there's no indication through two preseason games that can't. I think there was the increase in the 
three point volume. I don't think it's out of the question for him to be an all star. The East is pretty loaded at guard, but like I think I think he get up to twenty five points a game. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like I. This is what I came back to, like, kind of before preseason started when I was just thinking about it over that weekend. And it's like, I can be down on a lot of the macro stuff, but, like, this team had, does have a lot of good pieces. Uh, and I, what is actually frustrating about it for me, and I think maybe this is where I'm over, like, I was overcorrecting for, like, like, I think this team does have a lot of versatile pieces and flexibility and different groupings that will work together. It's just frustrating to know that, like, we're almost definitely not going to explore those things. Uh, and that sucks because, like, I would love to see what, like, did we, how many minutes did we see what Hardenstein with the starters? Do you know what I mean? Like, stuff like that is just, I would like to see that. Even if it's not going to be a thing that we lean on and maybe we shouldn't, that's fine. Like, I just would like to see that because, Mitch and Randall, we have endless amounts of data that shows they do not operate well together offensively. You know, doesn't matter the coach, doesn't matter the year, doesn't matter. They just not work together well offensively. That doesn't mean you don't need to start Mitch or you shouldn't start Mitch, but it's more like, okay, maybe we should sub Mitch out first, put Hardenstein in. Let's see what that group can do together. Let's get some information on it. Um, and look, hopefully we're wrong and Tibbs in the next two preseason games and moving forward experiments a bunch, but like, I mean, I'm not particularly optimistic about it. Yeah. Um, let's see what happens. Um, in terms of kind of a record prediction, uh, so I went through this exercise actually responding to a tweet from uh, from Nick of Time, KOT. Um, and, um, you know, we, we had talked, we talked about this before, um, that, you know, we have the tough schedule, you know, the, the games we're playing. So going division by division, right? Uh, I don't know if you're up for this, but um, what do we think the records are, right, against the division, right? So let's start with the Knicks' own division, right? They're playing, uh, so the other teams are Brooklyn, Toronto, Boston, and Philly, uh, playing all of them four times. Um, how do you see that playing out? What do you think of the record is? Yeah, you can do each team. You can do what do you think it looks like overall. Um. Okay, so talking about just the division, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to go through each one separately, each division separately. I think that's like a good way to kind of get to an accurate number. I did this exercise, and spoiler alert, I ended up right where I thought I would anyway. But um, but I think it can be informative. So. Yeah. Um, I would guess that. I don't like. I think Philly might just beat the absolute shit out of us this year. Uh, I mean, I know they did last year also. Uh, last year was weird. They had like we beat them twice, but they had like a lot of shit going on the first couple times. Whatever. I would say let's say one and three. You get one. Do you think um... Boston? I kind of like like they're definitely a better team than us, but I just kind of like our ma- like I think we match up pretty decently over them. So I'll go two and two. Uh, they're also they're not a team that's going to really overwhelm you with athleticism. Uh, I mean, Brown is a good athlete. They have some, but they're really 
I wouldn't say they play tip style, but yeah, like the way they play is like they don't really blow teams off the floor. Like our worst matchups, it feels like, are the super athletic teams that play fast, the Pelicans and Raptors and stuff. But sorry, keep going. Yeah, I like so that's what that's two and two. I said I I like our matchups actually against Brooklyn, but like Tips has been terrible against them, like because he's so fucking stubborn about how he plays his defensive scheme against them. It is insane to me that he has not defeated Steve Nash uh, in two years against him. Once with I'm, no, like, his best player being Cam Thomas. Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. I will just say, out of sheer, like, shit's got to end at some point, go two and two there. Uh, I don't feel great about that. It could be one and three. It could be zero and four. I would think, I think two and two is right. Like, if I'm just taking my emotion out of it and just looking at it from, like, pure analytical stuff. Yeah, okay. Uh, is that all? Uh, and and then Toronto, I would say, is I don't know. They're like, I'll say two and two. I actually like having a matchup against them. I think they were awesome last year against us, but they could have easily lost one of those games. You know, we had a three rim out at the buzzer. The last game we played against him doesn't matter because it's just, like, who cares? Uh, it was the last game of the season. But, like, I don't know. I just, you know, fuck it. If I think they should be good, I should just say it. So 2-2 two two against the Raptors, 2-2 two two against the Celtics, 1-3 and three against the other Philly. Two. And, yeah, 1-3 well, yeah, against Brooklyn. Actually, fuck it. Let's just say 2-2 two two against Brooklyn. Fuck it. That's, so that's a 7-9 record. I had them at 6-10. and 10. Um and then the Central Division, um, do you think they win any against Milwaukee? Start there. Uh, do we win against Milwaukee? Yeah. Do you think they'll? I do think they'll sweep us, or do you think maybe they steal one? Yeah, I think we steal one. We steal one. All right. Um, maybe a rest day for Giannis or something. Yeah, um, something like that. Um, then you have. I mean. Do we think there's any chance? I mean, I think I'm predicting a sweep of Detroit and Indiana. There's nothing I saw, certainly in two games preseason, that convinced me that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm a little bit like weirded out by how much bullishness there is about Detroit for this season. For this season, based on what we saw, um, like long term, they're fine. I just. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I think the Knicks should definitely win those matchups. Cool. So that's six and zero, and then seven wins when you win in Milwaukee, uh, and then we got Chicago. So Chicago, I'm I want to say we should win two out of three. That might be conservative. I I just think we're a much better team than them. I'm not that worried about Chicago at all. I think they are. Yeah, I. I I think losing Alonzo, I think, hurts them a lot. Uh, I'm, I mean, we'll see what happens with Io DeSimo or, or Pat Williams and see if someone can take a leap. But other than that, I don't think they're going to... I don't think they have anyone I trust on uh, Jalen Brunson at all. Uh, I think he should light them up. Uh, I think that's a team that Randall has played well uh, against. Um, 
And um, and yeah, I mean, who's guarding RJ either, right? Uh, I don't think they match up well. So I would say two wins there. And then Cleveland, I think that'll those will be some interesting games. They obviously have the talent advantage over us. Um, Mobley really had his way with the Knicks last year. How do you see those games playing out? Uh, and so much of this. I'll say, I, I'm like down. I'm more down on Cleveland than you are. Not because again, this is like another thing where I'm more down on them in this upcoming season than I am about them long term. But like, I watched them a few times in preseason. Not like the full game, not super intently. I think that one. I think the Donovan Garland thing is going to take a little bit of time for them to figure out offensively, which is fine. Not even fine. It's understandable. It's reasonable. However you want to put it. Um, but defensively, I'm I'm not. I'm a little worried about that man. I think that it is a group that could definitely struggle more than anticipated on that end. Especially, like, they're planning on starting Levert at the three. Like, I don't know. Like, I look, I know Mobley and Allen are awesome on defense, but what the hell are we talking about here? Like, what? I, I mean, has there been a lineup in recent NBA history with three negative defenders to that level? Chicago that, last year. Okay, well... That's the one thing we're going for, a team that I think... In but I think this works better, again, because one of those poor defenders for Chicago was their center, whereas, um, you know, that's why it can work here, right? So I mean, it can work. Did you think Chicago was going to stay being the number one team in the East, though, doing that shit last year? Not number one, but I think they would have finished a lot better if Lonzo didn't get hurt. I do believe yeah, that. Maybe. Lonzo and Caruso, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't care. Fuck him. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, they're not... They're they're like Lonzo's never been healthy, so I feel yeah, it's kind of sad. Him. Both both yeah. the balls have dropped, right? Yeah, Lamelo and Lonzo. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for Lonzo, but like I I don't feel bad for the Bulls because it's like this is the risk you took to kind of build it. Whatever, I don't want to do the Bulls thing right now. Uh, I think the Knicks match up okay with them. Actually, I don't know. Uh. I don't like again. Like I just to me, like I guess the thing for me is if RJ is as good as we think he should be or is, then we should have more confidence in matchups like this because none of those three guys should be able to defend RJ Barrett, and I know for a fact none of those three guys can defend Jalen Brunson. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, it definitely feels like perimeter wise, the Knicks are, are capable of, of keeping up with them. Um, I do think that is in particular game where I would rather start Quentin Grimes, but, but what are you going to do? Um, but um, but I just, I mean, I think for me the big difference is Mobley really killed us last year, <laughs> and um, I, I don't, I don't know that that's going to change. Uh, I, I, I think one and two we go against them. I think we can take one, maybe especially if they're resting Mitchell or. Um, you know, if it maybe gets them early in the season, and to your point, they have some, um, you know, some chemistry issues they're still working through. But um, I do think, like last year, I thought they, you know, they they, they beat the Knicks pretty soundly a couple times, and Mobley's only going to be better. So they did beat the Knicks soundly a couple times. I think one of those times was one of the times where Tom Thibodeau 
decided to play the bad starting lineup a lot of minutes. Um, I think our starting lineup will not be our best lineup. I do think it will be inherently much better because Jalen Brunson is just somebody I think is very dependable. Um, I think he's somebody you can count on. And I don't like his bottom level is not going to be whatever the hell we got from Kemba or Burks or whoever. Like it's he's just a stable guy at that position. So I feel good about that. I think our depth is really good. I think Cleveland, I think their defense is going to be worse than people think. Not bad, but worse than people think. They were an elite defense last year. And they had their kind of starting group together. And I still just think, like, like if we honestly, like, if we go back and look at those games, they shot crazy hot from three against us. They were a terrible shooting team. Like a terrible sh- other than No, Garland, they had the Rubio game was last year, right? Yeah, they had the Rubio game. Garland went off in one of the games at the end of last season, like and Garland can go off, that's fine, but like other guys went off in that game. It's just I think I think those matchups were probably a little bit closer than they look on paper looking back at it. Um but yeah. But I mean do you think do you think we take two out of three against them? We play three times? Yeah, sure, fuck it. We'll take him three. Yeah, two out of three. We take them. Fuck Ronald Mitchell. He sucks. <laughs> All right. So then you got us winning 11 games against um, Central Division. So that takes us up to uh, to 18 wins. 18 and... Um, Let me get the Southeast. Yeah, next we got the Southeast. Um, let's start with the, the nemesis, longtime nemesis. Uh, how are we doing against uh, against Adrian Brody's guys? Adrian Brody's guys. Adrian Brody paid Pat Riley in winning time. Keep up. Oh, right. Uh, one Our three. soccer game's got you two, two beat. I know, it does. Uh, are we playing them one time or three times or four times? Three times. Uh, one and two. You think you take one? We, 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 uh, we did. We did well last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, there's always the chance that, um, you know, Jimmy misses a game. Uh, I think Lowry is washed. Um, really not worried about Tyler Hero. I, I that's a team I'm tempted to. I could see regression from them, um, particularly if Bam doesn't take a leap. Um, I'd I'd go with uh, I'd go with two and one. All right, sorry, one and two there. Um, and then you got Charlotte. That should be a sweep, right? Looks like they're full on in Wemby mode. Yeah, Charlotte. If and that was that's a, that would be a big swing because we went. One and three two, and I one. I think three and one against them, or one and three against them last year. Pretty sure we played them four times. Yeah, and especially obviously when they had Bridges, they were a team that, you know, with their athletes, gave us a lot of problems, right? Um, so them taking a step back is definitely good for us. Um, then you got uh, this is a fun team. Let's let's save them for last. Let's see, let's say because I think that is one where, uh, where I think you're gonna have a lot to say. Uh, Wizards, I think the Knicks match up really well with them. I'm tempted to say a sweep, but out of respect for them being like a decent team, I'm gonna say two and one. And maybe like Beal can go off, but like I think I really like the way the Knicks match up with the Wizards. I think you might actually be a little bit higher on them than I am. Uh, I I do. T- I think they're like so they they I I think people are down on them rightly, like in terms of long term concerns about where they're headed. Where 
who am I? Where am I going? You know, uh, those concerns for them. They got the same issues. Tony doesn't know. The Wizards don't know. Uh, I just, I think we're better. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but like, I just like us better. I think that Beal is a fucking loser. Uh, and I think Chris Stock, he's, he's not dependable. Um, he's already, I think he already got hurt. I want to say, um, we'll see. I, I just, there's too much. I, I don't know. Something is off with that team. Like last year I was not high on them, but I thought they would be like competing for the plan. I think they still could be for the plan. I, I can't shake the feeling that there's like some disaster potential with this team going. Like, it fe- doesn't it feel like a team that it's like everybody knows what they're doing is pointless? And I, I just think if things break wrong to start the season, and like that happens all the time, right? Teams start three and 10 or something. And they're, maybe they're not actually three and 10 teams, but they start out that way. I just see that being a team that. Things could go sour real fast. Do you Maybe think? Wrong with that. Do you think they would go full fire sale? I mean, they have some nice. Like I could see. I don't know what Kuzma's. Kuzma's on a reasonable deal. Like he took a step. Like I could see a lot of contenders being interested in him. Well, uh, yeah, they have him. They have fucking Beal, man. Like I know that like Beal's on this absurd contract, and everybody wants to shit on it, and it's fun to shit on it. But like, I promise you, there will be a team that is like, give us Bradley Beal on that contract. That's fine. We'll take that risk. We'll roll the dice. There will be a team that was willing to do that. Will they have the juiciest assets? I don't know. But do you have a team in mind? There? Uh, I really don't. Uh, but like, you know, it'd probably like would a team like Memphis consider it? They have all their picks. They have a lot of young guys. They could deal and not totally compromise their depth. Like they. Let's make a deal. Yeah, they could. They, I think they would be an interesting situation. There uh, is a team that can match Beal's salary, send a player who's familiar with Washington if they want to keep him for the rest of the season, and has two far out first round picks that they can send, and is desperate. Yes, yes. The Lakers could trade for Bradley Beal, correct. Do you um, think his value would be that low because of the contract, though? Like, I'm half, like, if they gave up both their first round picks unprotected. No, I don't think I don't think Washington would do that, and I don't know if they could. Like optically, that's a tough sell, right? Like, oh yeah, we're just trading back for Russ, and they, even though that's obviously not the trade, that's kind of like the way the optics look, at least on the surface, to some extent. I don't know. I think that would be rough. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think we go uh, two and two and one. I think yeah, two and one is fair. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game, 
That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of JID, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally just love the, uh, the, the earbud tap functions. Those are really nice. Uh, the awareness mode is also great because as soon as you turn on your little Bluetooth thing on the phone, it automatically locks in. And uh, let me tell you, I go on a run every single day. I can't hear anything uh, when I have these in. So highly recommend, have enjoyed my usage of them. Uh, go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. Yeah, uh, I think Washington's interesting. They have some young players um, that I like. I mean, I think I'm higher on Denny than you. Um, I really like Corey Kispert there. I think he's can take a leap, but there's, I mean, uh, yeah, I should say not a leap, but I think they have a lot of good young players, but no one I can taking a leap. Um, I think two and one with, if they do have a fire sale, maybe we do sweep them. Uh, and even if not, I think we're capable of sweeping them. Uh, Orlando is the last non-controversial team we can talk about. They are better. Uh, they gave the Knicks some problems last year. You think we dropped one? Uh, Orlando's interesting. We wiped them out twice. We lost semi-close games twice. I think the wipeouts probably mean more than the closer games. At the same time, I really... I'm pretty aggressively high on Franz this year. Um, They also still have Terrence Ross somehow. Yeah, Which I mean, is always relevant for the Knicks. <laughs> it is. I just kind of whatever. It's, it's, I think that's like one of those things where, you know, you just it's whatever. Uh, I don't care about that part of it. I like Paolo a lot. I think he was the right pick, and I'm like super bullish on what him and Franz can be long term together. I don't even know how the fuck you defend them. I'm like, I genuinely am just like, I don't know what the hell you do this mutant team. Um, but like for this season, I think, I think Paolo will be a, I hate saying this, a bad rookie. Like he's not going to be a plus impact player as a rookie. That's what I think. Um, that doesn't make him a bad player forever or anything like that. I actually think he's going to be really, really good. Again, I thought he was the absolute right pick. We talked about this a bunch. Like I, he probably the one guy in this past draft that I'm like, if things break right for him, I see there's an outcome for him that I see as like MVP type. Oh, wow. Not like, I mean, it's not likely, right? It's 
not at all. Um, like when you can create offense for yourself like that at his size, I just think there's always that that potential. Um, but like his defense is poor. You know, he's obviously got to improve various things, be it from like decision making, shot making, whatever. Um, I just think he has so much talent. But like this upcoming season, yeah, no, I'm not that worried about them. Like, I do think, speaking of the defense, like if the Knicks try to get Brunson isolated on him, like it's not going to go well for. Oh, yeah. For it would be. Dude, Brunson would have him. Like they'd have to pull him. Like, it, like he would just destroy him. I will say kind of on Paolo as well. Like you mentioned the defense. Uh, definitely interested in your thoughts on this because like a theory I've had is just like a lot of guys at Duke just don't look like good on-ball defenders. RJ was not a good defender at Duke. Um, that was, I think, one reason a lot of people preferred Jared Culver at the time. Um, it, there was, um, you know, Tatum, I think, was very ordinary, maybe a little bit subpar on uh, at Duke. My memory is that he wasn't good. A lot of people have said, no, nah, he was fine. Uh, and then you have a guy like Paolo. Um, Cam wasn't a very good defender at Duke. So I wonder, like, but you've seen, like, a bunch of those guys. Um, even Cam, I think, is better than he looked on defense in college. Improve once they get to the league, right? Um, this is not me shitting on Coach K. Most of those guys are one and dones, But definitely um, an interesting um, attribute. Uh, and then on Franz, I got to ask, like, uh, do you think he is the best Michigan prospect in the NBA right now. There's really one other candidate, but I, you're not very high on pool, so I guess that's not surprising. I'm not not high on pool. I just think people are like way overboard on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would tend to agree. I think unless pool really does develop into like the lead scorer on a on a contender, like a wing like Franz just gives you so much more, right? So yeah, and. He's good on defense, like really good on defense. Yeah, on both ends, but and but not just good on defense, like yeah. very versatile. Right, probably one through. And four I mean, ends. I always go back to this. I forget who was fuck. I'm gonna be really annoyed. Whoever it is, Prez, if you're Prez is not gonna listen to this. He's one of your fucking draft people uh, that he has on. But he mentioned Chuck? no, it wasn't Chuck. Uh, he mentioned that he was somebody that wrote, used to write for the Stepien when Stepien existed. Um, but, like, he had Franz as his highest, like, plus-minus guy in college in his database, other than McCollum. Oh, it was Will Morris, I think. Yes. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you're right. And it was, it, it's, it was, I think, Franz, I think the only people he had higher were, like, Zion and, like, Mobley, maybe. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was something like that. But it was, like, once I heard that, I mean, I was already pretty in on Franz, like just watching him in Michigan. But one, because, but you know, like you don't have the plus, like, so, like with college basketball, so much of it is like you can watch it and you can understand, like, this man is, this, this guy is impacting winning. But like, you don't have the plus minus, like on ESPN, they don't give you the plus minus data for college games. Um, and like, yeah, but it was, it was Franz's BPM was just, yeah, it was higher than, and like, I don't think that was, no, because I think if you ask most people, they would have said Hunter Dickinson was the best player on the team, right? But, um, you know, Franz's impact was higher than his. Yeah, it was just, it's it just more like I I could see Franz's impact, but I didn't have the full access to data to, like, strongly quantify it. 
And so when he when I heard him say that on on Draft Strickland, I was like, oh my god, like yes, this makes complete sense. Like, like thank you. I needed somebody that like had access to the numbers. Tell me this, like this makes complete sense. Um, and I was just like super high in it. I mean, I, I again, I was high in him for that, but it was like it took him to like that higher level. And nothing I saw from him last year made me think otherwise. And the fact that I saw him make a couple of step back threes on fucking Giannis this summer in actual competitive play. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. Seeing that I'm like, okay. Yeah. And he just, I think he's like really, I just think his shot creation is really underrated. Like I, I think there's a higher ceiling there than definitely what we saw in Michigan where he was playing very much like within himself, I think to an extent. Um, and then even last year in Orlando, I mean, I know they had him do, they had like stretches where they had all, all their guards out with COVID. So like, basically they were like point fronts. Let's go for it. Um, but like, he actually did okay. Like that's like, I mean, he's, he's a really, really good passer. Yeah. He's a really good passer. He's just a really smart decision maker. Anyway, this is like, a, I don't know how we got into this, but no, I think, for this upcoming season, as much as I like individual pieces of this team, I don't think they're a good team yet. So let's put that at three and one. Are we playing them four times or three times? Um, I think it's three times. Let me check. Then let's go. Let's go three and zero. Oh. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, we play them three times. It's three and zero. Oh. Okay, so that brings us to the last team in the southeast. I think we're going to disagree on this one. Maybe three I'm still uh, three and one. Wow! So the last time, the, the last time the Knicks won three out of four against the Hawks in the regular season, it did not end well. Didn't we beat them three? We beat them three out of four last year too. We did. Yeah. Well, Christmas and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, did not end well. And we beat them three out of four the year before that under Fizzo and Miller. Yeah, they're always a team I felt pretty confident in. Yeah, like because I think Frank had Frank had some good performances against Trey too. I just I don't I don't like this team. I I mean not I, I, this is so stupid. I mean, thank God they're we, thank God we don't have like a, this is an international podcast. There's not like oh you hate my team. Like yeah, I mean I do hate your team, <laughs> um, but like I just I'm not. I think Atlanta's a good team. They're a playing team, and I. And I Say that not sarcastically. I think making the play in the East is not going to be a joke this year. Um, but, like, I just don't like – like, I don't think what they did this offseason makes them a significantly higher-level team than the Knicks. No, we don't. I actually like – I really – my hot take is Knicks finish with better record than the Hawks. Um, okay. I assume you think Trey Young is the best player on either team, right? I do. Who is the second best player on either team? This might be a hot take for a lot Brunson. of our listeners. You would take Brunson at this minute over Murray. I'm really inclined to agree with you. Yes. I would have taken him over. I would, I've would. i never thought DeJounte Murray is that good of a player. Like, cool. Like, he does awesome dribble moves, and his handle is sick. And... He's a much better defender than Brunson. I mean... Sure, like I, I just don't think it matters. 
there's a massive efficiency gap. Yeah, it's massive, and the fact that the like, you know, you have argued that Dejounte Murray is just some amazing God mode off ball player. <laughs> I have uh, not. I don't think those are my words. They were your words verbatim. Uh, I don't care. He sucks off ball. Trey sucks off ball. Brunson's actually great off ball. Like I. I think there's – it's so funny because I have so many questions about, like, how all of the, the Randall of it all blends in. But, like, I just think – I think Brunson fits in, like, a glove with basically anybody on this Knicks roster, at least. And I don't feel that way about DeJounte and Trey at all. I'm not that bullish on them. I'm, like, pretty down on them, actually. And not – I don't – I just – I'm not as high on them as other people. Like, I – I don't see the vision that other people see, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm definitely more bullish on them than you. Um, beyond Murray, uh, I'm really, I, a lot of people are hyping up um, Anyaka Kongwu. I'm interested to see if he takes a step. Um, particularly if he gets some time with, with Trey, that could be really fun. And I think Trey has really gotten to play with with a center like that, except when they went small, really, with, with Collins or Gallinari, and you saw them do some fun things. Um, I, I think, I think I'm going to go two and two. Um, and even that, um, yeah, I am scarred from that series. Like, I still think there were a lot of mitigating factors. The Knicks are a better team than they were back then. Uh, I, what? It's not your fault. (laughs) It's not. not Uh, don't mess with me, Sean. Um, (laughs) so I, um, I'm going to. I'm going to say two and two. I do worry about Murray against our backcourt. Um, I am really inclined to agree with you on Brunson. I think I need to see that three-point volume come up for me to feel comfortable putting him above Murray. Um, and I do wonder, but I, I wonder how the Hawks, like, are they going to post Murray up against a team like the Knicks, maybe with, with, with the poor defenders? Um, I'm not really comfortable with the Fournier on, on Murray matchup on either end. Um, but I think there's, there's things the Knicks can do. I, really like um um i mean it's i'm interested to see how they defend brunson because i think he's capable of getting his against either of their backcourt and i really don't think there would be wise to uh i mean i'm curious who they put trey on i don't really think he can guard anyone on the next starting lineup but um i think with the talent they have um i think they're a team that's given randall problems obviously i'm gonna say two and two did you say three and one yeah Cool. So that, uh, we'll try to go through a little bit more quickly uh, with some of these, but that is, um, three, five, eight, um, 11. And then you said one. So that's 12 wins right there. So we're up to just from the Eastern Conference. Um, that's 12. Um, and that's 32 wins from the Eastern Conference. Um, Pacific Division. So I think, I think what we're getting to here is, I may have overestimated a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I did this exercise. I can't find it, but I ended up. I ended up. I'll just tell you at forty-two and forty. Yeah, uh, I, I, I look. There's just some. I'm like, I'm, I'm not on on my podcast. That's for Knicks fans. I'm not picking us to lose to fucking Brooklyn three times out of four. Get the fuck out of here. It's not gonna happen. You know, I'm just there's some things I got to do as a fan. 
I I can't bring myself to pick us. Like the Bulls sweep those assholes. Fuck them. <laughs> Just it's whatever. But yeah, we can do the West. Let's do the West real quick. All right, Pacific Suns and Warriors and Clippers, three of the top teams. Do you see us winning any more than? I mean, we how many sp- games do we win? We split Suns, split Clippers. We get swept by the Warriors. Do you think we split Clippers because of load management or because we can actually? I think we just match up well against them. On the wings? Our front court, our front court destroys them. Like they just have no. It's been like we've seen this now for over two years. Like when we beat them. We lost to them once in New York, you know. Then we beat them. We actually clinched our playoff spot by beating them uh, in 2020, 2021. We just totally owned them on the front court. Last year, we beat the absolute piss out of them both times because of the front court. Yes, I know they didn't have Kawhi or Paul George, but, like, that front court mismatch is massive. I think losing Hartenstein is a big deal for them. Um, I'm not as bullish on them as I once was. I think their front court is a big problem. It's a bad front court. It's a not a bad. It's a thin front court. It lacks size. I think they've leaned a little bit too much into like this whole positionless wing guard stuff. Like you gotta have some size. Zubac is a terrible playoff big. Uh, he gets and Mitch fucking owns him every time they play. Mitch absolutely fucking owns him. I don't know who on their benches like I'm supposed to care about. Wow, I have seen the opposite coming from a lot of the. I think Hartenstein kills that like anybody on their bench. Their backup center right now is listed as Robert Covington. Yeah, that's a joke. Like, doesn't I'm inspire, sorry, it's a joke. but I they do I, have Wall, Batum, Kennard, Norm Powell up. That's a pretty. I mean, no, I, I what I what I meant to say like their bench bigs, like not yeah. not their bench, but even their bench. I'm I don't know, man. I, I like. Them. Are you buying a John Wall resurgence? No, I'm not. I, not even in like the six man role. Don't care. Uh. It's just about it's about Kawhi and PG, right? If Kawhi and PG are who they're supposed to be, they'll be fine. So that's fine. I don't. Like, I mean, Evan Fournier has to guard one of them. So yeah, I mean, that's fine. They got to guard him too, though. Uh, Paul George, noted Civ <laughs> defender. Yeah, but like they they wouldn't, right? Like because one of them is probably gonna be on Brunson. Well, I mean, they have Reggie. He's not a terrible defender. He's not good. But I'm Reggie Jackson was. Great story, but let's relax. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think I think they probably, um, I mean, they could probably get away with putting Mook on uh, on Fournier. Um, like, I don't think they're. I think they're going to be fine, or they could they could put Reggie on Fournier and they'll be fine. Um, I am not. I'm. I thought we would get swept against by all three of those teams. That's where I'm at. Um, I could see it with the. Clippers I, think the with- I think the Suns are bad vibes. Just a lot. I. Yeah, and I, I'll say this: Booker always fucking kills us, though. Man. Does I'll say this: I think, I think the Crowder thing's a big loss for them. They're I know it's preseason. Watch them a couple times. Their defense looks really bad. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying like Crowder was the reason that their defense was really good, but I think he's a bigger loss. Like I hate Jay Crowder, so it's like fun to watch him be miserable, but. As like trying to be an objective observer of this, I think it's a pretty. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a bigger deal. We're letting up. Not we, but people in general. Yeah. Um, you want to know who's just... gonna fucking suck this year? By the way, the Chris Blazers. Paul. Yeah. Blazers. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, well, we'll we'll get there in a second. Um, okay, so and then, do you think we sweep the Lakers? No, LeBron dials it up for the Knicks every year. Yeah, so we'll split that. We'll split that. I am not as high on Sacramento as a lot of other people, just because I don't trust teams built around offensive bigs that aren't good on defense. So I think we sweep Sacramento. Disagreement there. Uh, no, I like our matchup against Sacramento. You know, I like Sacramento. The one team Randall always kills too, right? Yeah, he's got the matchup. Or the one player, not the. I will team. say, my Keegan Murray. I think. I think people are gonna regret clowning the Kings for making that pick. I'll say that. Uh, I think it could end up being a situation where, like, Ivy ends up being the better player, but Keegan is really good still. Um, so I'm trying to think he, of the analogs, but and he makes sense with that team, like. I know everybody's like, oh, you guys got to pick best player. I, I don't think that's a reasonable thing. Like, I just don't. Um, I, I mean, I think there's limits to it, right? Like, yeah, like, I think like, and it's like, if, you, if you're the fifth pick, right? Um, Ricky Rubio went fifth, right? Yeah. Very good player, solid career. But the guy went seventh, like, you know. The guy, like, and the guy who went eighth. Let's not forget him. Jordan, yeah, you know. Michael Jordan plus Grant Hill. Um, so, you know, it's, um, we don't need to rehash that for the 10,000th time, like ESPN. All I'm saying is like, how do you judge a pick like Ricky Rubio? Can I say like, like someone was clowning that pick and I was like, well, he had a really good career. Like everyone kind of, he was hyped like Luca level in Europe, but he's been a good player. Um, uh, I think Keegan will probably be a little bit better than that, but that's the kind of thing where Keegan's could still be very good. But if Ivy hits the kind of ceiling, he, he can, I don't know if the Kings get clowned for it, but it'll be like, yeah, you know, in hindsight. Um, all right, so I think there. So you're you're b- more bullish than me. You got us winning um, five games. You have them going five hundred against um, potentially the best division in basketball. Um, I said one on one, one on one, and we get swept by Golden State. Yeah, and then but you have us winning. <coughs> The three out of four against Lakers and Kings. So what are we? Are we at like fucking forty-five wins already? No, we're at thirty-seven wins. Okay. Um, the the West is gonna fuck us. So okay. like, it's not. Um, it is not. Uh, okay. Well, so we, we let's do let's do the Southwest. Is that the Spurs one. How is how is Phoenix not in the Southwest? I guess why is Memphis in the West at all? Um, so, <laughs> speaking of Memphis, let's start with them, the most geographically inconvenient team in the Southwest. I, I'll just say they sweep us because I hate them, but I feel like I have to pick at least one team that I hate to sweep us. So they'll sweep us. I I think we split. Um, on the one hand, they have the athletes that are like this team's Achilles heel, but I also think. Jalen Brunson's gonna fucking abuse Ja. Um, yeah, he might. I think there's one game where he just goes full playoff Mavs level, and um, I think they they take one. Speaking of the Mavs, I we always play them well. Um, Luca's so good that I can't um, say we're gonna sweep them, but I think we split. Um, and I th- I think that they're they're legitimately worse than last year. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I just think I don't know something about them. It's it I gotta pick at least one team that is I don't like and that I hate 
And I think they're they're fine. They'll sweep us. It's fine. It's not because Memphis like, or Dallas. Memphis, Dallas. I like our matchup. I think we. I think we sweep them. Yeah, I'm tempted to. It's. I'm not going to pick against top five player for twice. But I think you've made this point a lot with Luca. It's like it's tough to win in that helion centric style. And if there is a style that plays right into the hands of like a Tom Thibodeau team, it is like that um, that ISO heavy, just hunt a switch, um, or like you know just use a spread PNR and like just the heliocentric offense that kind of plays into what Tibbs wants to do. Uh, defense. So I, I think that's why we've matched up well with them. I'm going to say we split with both teams. Pelicans, I see us getting swept. What about you? Uh, split. That is the team I hate. Uh, well, I actually like that team a lot, um, but I generally root for them to lose for other reasons. But um, Apparently they have, there's a bunch of uh, Pelicans fans on Twitter that don't like the Strickland, which I just discovered today. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably down to you. I don't. You think it's because of me? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think that most Pelic. I mean, it's it is the big market bias fan base, right? So I don't understand why they hate anything related to the Knicks. I'm that's not a joke. I think there's like a severe like Napoleon complex for a lot of these fan bases. We don't have to talk about that. Um, I I think that's the team I hate that is going to. I mean, I think that they're just they're built well. I think Zion comes back strong. Um, we don't have anyone that I really feel comfortable matching up with Ingram besides. I mean, RJ's played them well, but um, I, I just think they're exactly the kind of team that gives the Knicks a lot of problems. Alvarado and Brunson should be a fun matchup, um, but um, it's just too much youth and athleticism and depth that that's just been the Knicks' Achilles heel. Yeah, I um, I'm just I'm not as high on this Pelicans as others. I'm very. I think their offense will be good. I'm not sure that it will be as good as a lot of people think. I feel like the spacing stuff, I, I'm still, I don't know, man. The spacing stuff with them is just not, doesn't make me feel great. Like, I don't. You don't buy Jackson Hayes, stretch five. Well, like, look, your starting lineup is going to be CJ, somebody, Ingram, Zion. Valanchunas. Wow, sleeping on Herb Jones. It was it, okay. Let's say it's Herb Jones. I mean, that spacing is going to suck. And that team, look, Zion and Valanchunas, they'll they'll bludgeon you in the offensive glass. But like, even the best offensive rebounding teams, right? You're talking about what, maybe like six or seven extra offensive rebounds versus the average offensive rebounding team in the game. Um. Well, it's all bad. It's like fouls drawn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm just trying to like. I just. I don't know. That offense is a little bit clunky to me. And you don't. I mean, do you think Valanciunas is more than a fake shooter? No. Uh, and then defensively, I'm not. Like, I think three of those guys are flat out bad on defense, and then. I don't know. Hold on. No, Valanciunas isn't bad on defense. He's fine. He's totally fine. He's not great. He's not good. He's fine. I think Zion is garbage. I think CJ is garbage. I think BI in the regular season has been garbage. And I don't see a reason to expect that to change. Herb Jones is obviously the greatest defensive player of all time. <laughs> um, why did good. the Knicks why did the Knicks trade out of the first round instead of taking Herb Jones? 
And uh, yeah, and her like Herb Jones is like he's he's a really good defender, but like that's the I don't know. I don't like that. I don't love that. I think we can sneak a win. I think we beat them once. I am there is. I mean, it's just a fun team to play around with lineups. Um, I could imagine if you were a Pelicans fan and they had a coach like Tibbs, that would probably drive you crazy. I like. Do you think Tibbs would ever play Zion at the five even? Uh, no. Yeah, he wouldn't, right? But there's, I mean, they have Trey Murphy off the bench. He's a guy, I'm curious why he didn't get more playing time last year. I think he could really help them. Um, They have Nance still. I think he'll help. There's a lot of small ball and interesting and fun lineups they can do. Very curious to see if Zion can be better on defense. Uh, That's probably the biggest wild card here, because you are right, because McCollum is is older and, and was never a good defender to begin with. Can they get Ingram to be engaged if they're really a serious team with aspirations this year? Uh, and for teams that might try to exploit Valanciunas' lack of foot speed, you know, what kind of small ball? Like, will they play Nance at the five? I think that's an interesting defensive lineup. Um, something like Murphy. If you're going to run everything through Zion anyway, you could do something like Ingram, Herbert, uh, Murphy, Zion, and... Um, and Nance, right? That's like a there's a, everyone is like six 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 seven and higher. Um, I think there's there's some interesting possibilities there. We talked a lot about the Pelicans, though. I think they're split. I think you said we get you said you said a split. On, I said they get swept. I think we're coming out to the same level of predictions. I think San Antonio would sweep. Uh, been a long time since I could confidently say that. But uh, Houston, I didn't think we're going to sweep. You're not uh, a big Houston, Jalen Green, right? I think we split with Houston. I think we split. Wow, interesting. Yeah, you you're higher on them, or no? I kind of like. I kind of just think I'm higher on them than like. I think their over under is like twenty one and a half or some bullshit like that. I think they're just like have enough young talent and guys that like will play a lot and try hard that they'll be annoying. And I could totally see the Knicks like playing them one night, just kind of you know look. I've been out in Houston before. There's some fine establishments there. I would not be offended if the Knicks uh, spent a late night at one of those establishments. And, Corrupting quickly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that they would lose a game against the Rockets, who are trying harder. Cool. Well, I believe that takes us from, let's see, you said we could swept by Memphis, 2-0 and against Dallas. So you got three, six, seven wins. So that, I think, puts us at 44 wins. Okay. And then the last division, Northwest. Yeah, Denver sweeps us. Yeah, they always do. Minnesota sweeps us. Uh, who else is in, in this division? Portland. The, the artist formerly known as the Donovan Mitchells. Utah. Uh, we sweep them, fuck them, and we sweep Portland. And we sweep the Wembenyamas. OKC is the last one. Uh, OKC is like our bogey team, man. I think we split. Maybe yeah, we split. We always drop one game against them when they're tanking and tryhards. Swept against them last year. I got swept. I remember yeah. the one bad blown lead. We're like we're up with a minute yeah, left. Yeah, we lost. We lost an OKC on New Year's Eve. You don't remember that because that was the night that the that Michigan also lost on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I don't remember much else from the rest of that night. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, in fairness, I probably wouldn't be very enthused to play either if I had to spend New Year's in OKC. Uh, so, okay, so you're saying we split with them, so that's one. 
um, two more for against Portland, three, and then you have us getting swept by the other two, and then um, so you got five. So you got us, I think, at um, at um, I, I think you have like forty five, forty six wins for us. Yeah, I mean, look, some of this stuff is not exactly scientific. Uh, I would not be surprised if we don't exactly, uh, you know, if we don't split with the Clippers. I, I just not forgetting the some, the objective breakdown of the schedule. I think we went we, we go forty three and thirty nine. Yeah, I, I'm, I said forty two and forty. Um, I mean, it's we're obviously leaving out things like back to second games of back to backs. You know, longer road trips. Um, obviously things like injuries, load management, that kind of thing. But that's going to break both ways. So, um, But I, I think this is a team where if they win fewer than 40 games, if they win fewer than 40 games, I would not be surprised to see Thibodeau gone. If they win more than 40 and get in the play-in, I think that buys them at least a year. That's, uh, that's probably right. Uh, I mean, I think, I think if... Here's the thing, right? Let's say they win. How about this? Let's say they win 36 games. Let's say the Knicks win 36 games, but they make the plan. Yeah. And they win the two plan games, and then they push. Let's say they go six games with the first seed. They're not firing him after that. Right. Um, that's also what the Pelicans did last year, by the way. Greatest team in the history of mankind. Um, yeah, they won't fire him after that. No, it's. I like. I really <laughs> don't. I really don't like enjoy talking about how much I want Tom Thibodeau to be fired, but like, I just can't get around it because I truly, it's not. He's not a bad coach. He's not a bad coach. There's just such a ceiling with like where you can go with him, and like I think like that's where people like there are people that like get. Well, he's competent. We haven't had competence forever, and like you're just being impatient. Like, like, and I'm like, I don't really think I am. I, I just think most of my discrepancy with a lot of those people is probably just that I think our talent level is better than they do, um, and that's kind of why I'd be okay with moving on from Tibbs because I just don't see a world where he takes us past this kind of like current level we're at. And I don't think that's just about talent. Like, I think that's also about him as a coach. Like, I don't think he has the capacity to elevate your pieces um, and optimize them. Not offensively. I, I will say that I think it's arguable that we might underestimate how positive his impact is defensively. But I'm less sold on that than, than I think I would it. Yeah, I mean, I, I am high on Mitch as a defender. I think um, the Knicks have enough good defenders where, um, or, I mean, there are players who are good on defense that don't get to play much. So to the extent that Tibbs makes us better, you have to talk about that. Um, I think um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, so, the you know, we saw showcases between the G League Ignite and Victor Wembanyama's uh, French team twice last week. So the two most talked about prospects in the draft, Scoot Henderson and, and Wembenyama, who um, some are calling the greatest prospect ever. Uh, but in, in all fairness, I think that's really 
Um, I don't think that's a good thing to way to talk about a kid. Uh, and we've heard LeBron talk about how he really struggled a lot with anxiety in high school because of um, kind of the expectations. Uh, but that aside, um, it was very fun to watch both of them play. I don't know if you got a chance to watch those games, but kind of curious what you thought your thoughts on on both those guys from from what you've seen. Uh, I didn't watch full games. Uh, I watched a bit of both, a little bit of both, and I want to be very transparent. When I say a little bit, I mean a very little bit. Uh, Wembenyama is like a fucking freak. Like I don't know what you do with him. Uh, he's hitting pull-ups. He's taking fadeaway threes from the corner after like sprinting down the court. His shot blocking is unbelievable. Uh, like I, I don't know. I guess the only things you would have questions about would be like his playmaking and his rebounding. I would say this. I think his rebounding is probably always going to be somewhat problematic. Um, big guys like that tend to have difficulty manning the glass to a super high degree. That's fine, <laughs> given everything else he's giving you. Uh, but I do think that's worth noting. I think Scoot looked... I mean, there are definitely NBA guards he's better than right now. Like, starting guards that he's better than right now. Uh, I can think of one from a playoff team two years ago, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looks super explosive, super dynamic. I don't know how you feel about this. I saw some people tweeting about it, that the work he's put into his jump shot is paying off, that it looks better. Uh, I'm not a jump shot expert, form expert, or anything. I just, I thought it looked fine. Um, but like, I... I mean, if the thing is, if the jumper is just fine, I what the hell do you do? Like, how do you defend this guy? His handle for his age is unreal, by the way. Like, absolutely bonkers shit. Some of the stuff he's pulling out. Uh, I would let's let's just say if he's the second best, if if he if you have the second pick and you have to end up with him, you're doing fucking fine. You're doing great, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he is. <clears throat> Generational has been used for Wembenyama, but I think it's a you you hit it on the head, right? I mean, he gives you like he he's gonna walk in as like if not a ninety ninth percentile athlete, like ninety fifth plus. Um, but he's got the skill to match it. Um, I think he's coming in with more skill than <laughs> some of the other guys in that profile, right? Um, and the jumper looks smooth, man. He could stop and pop. Um, I really like some of the passing he made. Liked his competitiveness. I think I'll say the one thing that really stuck out, especially against Wembenyama, uh, and this is probably Wembenyama is used to just you know being able to block everything, but his craft around the rim, like you know, just in terms of knowing when to use the inside hand, sealing Wembenyama off with his body, um, you know, just um, you know, timing his jumps. There's a lot of craft which you don't always see from players who are able to just out athlete the competition. I think they're both, um, you know, it, I definitely wanted your opinion because I think you tend to be a little bit more, um, I guess, sober is the right word about this um, than, than a lot of, you know, kind of the hype guys. Um, is Wembenyama better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a prospect? I don't know. But I yeah, do I mean, know I'm that... I'm old, like, but I don't, I'm not that old. So I'm <laughs> old, but I'm not that old. Um, but, um, I mean, I think that... Um, I mean, I think of the pro like Zion is a guy I thought was like one of the best prospects I'd seen. I think I'm close to that high in Wembenyama. 
I'm probably higher on Scoot than any other point guard prospect. Like I'm high. Like I love Lamelo as a prospect, and I'm higher on Scoot than him. Yeah, so. I mean Scoot. Yeah, Scoot's just a fucking. He's got a man body already, um, and he's just, he's really skilled and smart. You know, like it's all. I it's think. The whole package. I think his his half court handle is better than Lamelo's is right now. Um, that is a bold take, and it's but it's not unreasonable. So yeah, I think he's way better breaking down the defense, like a set defense in the half court. Like his handle for that is. And to be fair, he is six two, so there's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be easier for him to do that than a six seven guy. But yeah, yeah, he's six two, but he feels like he's playing bigger than that. You know, he's the way he just plays. It feels a lot more emphatic than a six two guy. Uh, I I don't think anybody's oh, okay. Look, everybody, it's it's kind of a weird thing where like I do think Wembenyama is worth the hype. He's not. It's not even just he's worth. He he is the hype is. I get it. Like I totally get it. I just think people need to relax. Like just relax a little bit. He's what seven five or something. Like abnormal height. A lot of guys that size have not been able to last. Most of them haven't. That's a real concern with him. Um, but like, I like his competitive fire. I liked what he said. I loved that comment that he had about Scoot. You know, where he's like, yeah, Scoot could be number one if I wasn't like alive or something like that. Like, I love that comment. That's a fucking awesome comment. That's great that you feel that way. Um, and he backed it up. That's the best part. He said that shit and he backed it up on the court. It was amazing for two games, right? Um, yeah, I, I think... I think Wembenyama is worth. It. I also am just a little bit weary of talking about it too much myself because one, I know that I'm not going to be crunching as much tape as a lot of other guys, but two, I just don't love projecting dudes like that. Like I just haven't seen enough to feel comfortable projecting him. Uh, the frame is so weird and unique. I don't know, but like, man, the things he does are spectacular. So if anybody wanted to say that he was the best prospect they remember in the last 20 years, and that's including a lot of awesome prospects, you know, it's including LeBron, it's including Kevin Durant, it's including a lot of dudes. And I don't, I don't personally think that's out of place to say that. Yeah. Which says a lot about him as a prospect. Um, there is this one thing I remembered before we get out of here. I don't want your thoughts on um, speaking of, you know, kind of attitude and all of that. Uh, and you mentioned uh, you didn't yell at your teammates or punch them in the face. One team I picked to sweep us um, has had a situation happen. Do you think anything ends up coming out of this Golden State situation? Um, do you, I mean, there's been a lot of people who have said you can't go back to being teammates. One of, you know, Poole or Draymond has to get traded. Um, but obviously this is a team that just won a title. Um, there's a ton that, that organization, this is not some new front office. They obviously have um, you know, an entrenched culture. How do you see that situation playing out? Uh, I think Draymond gets traded at the end of this year. Or he has a player option for the for next year, so maybe he just opts out. But I would suspect, I don't think he's staying there. Um, I think he's going to go, I think. Do you think I that think, impacts them on the court this year, though, if he's you know, has beef with Poole or whatever? Or I, think that's it, hap- I think it impacts them in the regular season. I'm not sure it impacts them in the playoffs, which is ultimately all that matters to them. Because I feel like in the playoffs, Traymond will suck it up. Traymond will just get over it and do what needs to be done. I trust him to do that. But, like, I mean, not a great situation for him. He 
should be. I think he's lucky that it what it hasn't come down harsher than whatever seems to be going on there right now. Well, they, I mean, they seem to be more worried about whoever leaked it, right? Than... Yeah, which I think is which is whatever. It's so up, of course they do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's just something where I imagine that in the regular season there'll be a bit of an adjustment, but he's going to come back at some point. I think they'll get over it for the season. But once the season is over, I would be shocked if he's still there. Do you think that has to do with this situation more, or just kind of him being washed? I think this situation helps give Golden State some cover for whatever decision they make. Yeah, I think I'd agree with all that. Um, definitely a team to watch out for, and that's a team with some variance because we saw, you know, Clay. Clay is not the same anymore. Curry, you know, asking him to play two games at the level of responsibility he has is going to be a lot. Um, I don't know if Poole is ready to keep them at the same level if Curry's taking load management days. Um, that's a team with some variance, too. I mean, they're still a great team, um, probably one of the top two or three title favorites, but uh, definitely interesting stuff. Um, I, I didn't have anything else, though. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Or No, not at all. Uh, I think that was perfect. We talked about a lot of shit that uh, I hadn't actually really thought through before. So thank you for that. That was great. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, before we get out of here, I never get to do this. So I'm going to do this this time. Uh, before we get out of here, anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I have nothing I want to plug. I'm just going to plug all the wonderful work at Strickland, which according to some very upset Pelicans fans, uh, <laughs> is a terrible website, and we're all a bunch of bad faith actors, but you should support us bad faith actors because... Support. Yeah, I when I had the the ant meme went viral, somebody commented on I plugged the Strickland underneath, and someone was like, "Oh, you're one of them." Damn, I was like, "Oh wow, we really have haters." So, um, so I I just want to plug all my haters. Thanks to uh, thanks to my haters. Now, um, uh, I have nothing else to plug. Um, so I'll probably be on a couple of pods in the next week or so. Um you know, doing some season preview stuff. Um, so just keep an eye out for that, but, uh, but nothing else from my end. All right, great. Well, that is our podcast for today. hope everybody has a great week, even though we're dropping this on a Wednesday. Uh, but I hope everybody has a great next three days, and I'll see you on Friday.